Good, good evening. Today is Friday, November 22nd, 2019. Our readings today are Psalm 107, verses 1 through 32, 1 Maccabees chapter 4, verses 36 through 59, Revelation chapter 22, verses 6 through 13, and Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 20. Seek her who made the Pleiades in Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the earth and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. God is her name. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Mother in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, matriarch, creator, son, word made flesh, Holy Spirit, present with and within us. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 32. O give thanks to God, for she is good, for, his stead for her steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of God say so, those she redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to God in their trouble, and she delivered them from their distress. She led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. 
Let them thank God for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind. For she satisfies the thirsty, and the hungry she fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in gloom, prisoners in misery and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Their hearts were bowed down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to God in their trouble, and she saved them from their distress. She brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their bonds asunder. Let them thank God for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind. For she shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were sick throughout, through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to God in their trouble, and she saved them from their distress. She sent out her word and healed them, and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank God for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind, and let them offer thanksgiving sacrifices and tell of her deeds with songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of God, her wondrous works in the deep. For she commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to God in their trouble, and she brought them out from their distress. She made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet, and she brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank God for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind. Let them extol her in the congregation of the people and praise her in the assembly of the elders. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. 1st Maccabees chapter 4 verses 1 through 25. Oh no, I'm sorry. Verses 36 through 59. Then Judas and his brothers said, See, our enemies are crushed. Let us go up to cleanse the sanctuary and dedicate it. So all the army assembled and went up to Mount Zion. There they saw the sanctuary desolate, the altar profaned and the gates burned. In the courts they saw bushes sprung up as in a thicket, or as on one of the mountains. They saw also the chambers of the priests in ruins. Then they tore their clothes and mourned with great lamentation. 
they sprinkled themselves with ashes and fell face down on the ground. And when the signal was given with the trumpets, they cried out to heaven. Then Judas detailed men to fight against those in the citadel until he had, clean, until he had cleansed the sanctuary. He chose blameless priests devoted to the law, and they cleansed the sanctuary and removed the defiled stones to an unclean place. They deliberated what to do about the altar of burnt offering, which had been profaned, and they thought it best to tear it down so that it would not be a lasting shame to them that the Gentiles had defiled it. So they tore down the altar and stored the stones in a convenient place on the temple hill until a prophet should come to tell them what to do until a prophet should come to tell what to do with them. Then they took unhewn stones as the law directs and built a new altar like the former one. They also rebuilt the sanctuary and the interior of the temple and consecrated the courts. They made new holy vessels and brought the lampstand, the altar of incense, and the table into the temple. Then they offered incense on the altar and lit the lamps on the lampstand, and these gave light in the temple. They placed the bread on the table and hung up the curtains. Thus they finished all the work they had undertaken. Early in the morning on the 25th day of the ninth month, which is the month of Chislev, in the 148th year, they rose and offered sacrifice, as the law directs, on the new altar of burnt offering that they had built. At the very season and on the very day that the Gentiles had profaned it, it was dedicated with songs and harps and lutes and cymbals. All the people fell on their faces and worshipped and blessed heaven who had prospered them. So they celebrated the dedication of the altar for eight days and joyfully offered burnt offerings. They offered a sacrifice of well-being and a thanksgiving offering. They decorated the front of the temple with golden crowns and small shields. They restored the gates and the chambers for the priests and fitted them with doors. There was very great joy among the people, and the disgrace brought by the Gentiles was removed. Then Judas and his brothers and all the assembly of Israel determined that every year at that season, the days of dedication of the altar should be observed with joy and gladness for eight days beginning with the 25th day of the month of Chislev. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle I, A Song of Jonah I called to you, O God, out of my distress, and you answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I ever look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep was round about me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land beneath the earth. Yet you brought up my life from the depths, O God. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O God. 
and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay, for deliverance belongs to the Lord. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Revelation chapter 22, verses 6 through 13. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. For the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent her angel to show her servants what, may, what must soon take place. See, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But she said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your comrades, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, to repay according to everyone's work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 18, A Song to the Lamb. Splendor and honor and royal power are yours by right, O God Most High. For you created everything that is, and by your will they were created and have their being. And yours by right, O Lamb that was slain. For with your blood you have redeemed for God. From every family, language, people, and nation, a royal priesthood to serve our God. And so, to the one who sits upon the throne, and to Christ the Lamb, be worship and praise, dominion and splendor, forever and forevermore. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 20. Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you, in heaven their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of your matriarch in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. If another member of, your, of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, 
so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Again, O oh, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by, by my mother in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the matriarch almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the matriarch. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. that this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful. We entreat you, O God, that your holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill. We entreat you, O God, that we may be pardoned and forgiven for our sins and offenses. We entreat you, O God, that there may be peace to your church and to the whole world. We entreat you, O God, that we may depart this life in your faith and fear and not be condemned before the great judgment seat of Christ. We entreat you, O God. That we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion <coughs> of St. John, St. Francis, and all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ, we entreat you, O God.
Lord Jesus Christ, by your death you took away the sting of death. Grant to us, your servants, so to follow in faith where you have led the way, that we may at length fall asleep peacefully in you and wake up in your likeness, for your tender mercy's sake. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night and the wilderness. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch, or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. God, as we prepare to enter the time of Advent, let us remember that this is a time of preparation. It's a time for self for reflection and self-reflection. It's a time of waiting. It can be a time of repentance. It can be time in the wilderness. May this season bring to us everything that you have for us at this time. Dear God, enter with us into this time of preparation. Grant us knowledge of your presence. Security in knowing that you are here with us. And bravery to undergo transformation. Lord, through this season, may we be transformed. I have, as usual, a few thoughts on the readings. Psalm 107. Besides the fact that this is beautiful poetry here, a few things that stood out to me are that, of course, the people cry out to God then. Then they cry out to God in their trouble, and this is repeated throughout the psalm. And God 
in verse 20, sends out her word and heals them and delivers them from destruction. And I think that is so beautiful. God sends out God's word. And remember, Jesus is the word made flesh. This is written before Jesus' coming. So there's a timelessness about that, that God is sending forth our healing and our deliverance to meet us where we are. That gives me great hope for if you're anything like me, sometimes you just feel really tired, right? Sometimes you feel tired of fighting the good fight. Sometimes you feel ready to just sit down. And so knowing that we don't have to race to get to God to receive healing and deliverance, but rather God meets us exactly when and where we are and sends forth her word, her healing, her deliverance. It's very reassuring. Then I like the bit about being in the sea and God's wondrous works in the deep. Deep under the sea is a whole, seems like a whole other universe, right? Seems like a whole different place. And there's an isolation of fishermen venturing forth into the sea, as we talk about here. So even in the middle or underneath, the vast and mighty ocean, whatever the ocean metaphorically is for you at this point, God is there working wonders. They don't have to be seen to be real. You don't have to be accompanied. You don't have to have witnesses with you. You don't even need your courage. You can come confused and chaotic, reeling and staggering like drunkards. I can't tell you how often over the last few months I felt like I must look so bizarre to other people right now, you know? Um, Even today, somehow on my day off, still getting caught up, wearing my workout clothes, but never having gotten a chance to work out. Hair unwashed, disheveled, unkempt. So much in my own head that I am not connecting, which is bizarre for me because I'm a person who thrives on connection. Even in that crazy looking state, God's here working wonders. And just as the psalmist prophecies a time to come, a time that is both now and future, and for us is also past, where Jesus stills the waters, so too has Jesus brought and is bringing and will bring 
calm to the chaos. God has done amazing things. Let us praise and thank her. She will do, she is doing. Oh God, that you would give us insight, just a little glimpse into the amazing work that you're doing and that we are doing with you as your co-creators and conspirators. So blessed to be part of your ongoing beautiful and glorious and wondrous work in this world and on into the next. If it be your will, give us just a little glimpse to treasure up like a firefly caught and sparking. I'm enjoying our reading through Maccabees because I'm kind of unfamiliar with this. I did not, um, well, honestly, I didn't grow up much in the Bible at all, but I did not come to the Apocrypha until much later in my life. Um, I'm 41 on Monday, folks, and it probably wasn't until I was about 28. I'd either just had or was about to have Jack, so 27 or 28 that I, I was introduced to the Apocrypha, so it's part of the Bible that I'm still, still seems pretty fresh and new to me. Not that every piece of scripture doesn't seem fresh and new when we look at it with the lens of the Holy Spirit on, but I'm enjoying the novelty here, I guess is what I'm saying. Novelty doesn't sound like the right word, but I think you get it. What was I saying about not expressing myself as well as usual? Thank you for bearing with me. So, Judas and his brothers have defeated the enemy. And they go up to cleanse and rededicate the sanctuary. And there's something very resonant here for us, I think, about reclaiming that which was defiled and rededicating it. Sometimes, sometimes that's even us. For we in our humble human bodies are sacred vessels ourselves. God is within us. And there are certainly times that we can feel defiled. And I don't just mean in the sexual way, although that's applicable as well. Um, Rape is a terrible defiling. But defiled by the way the world has used us or looks at us or perceives us. And there are forces at work that would seek to destroy us, to keep us from our purpose. Just as the Gentiles in this case, and yes, that's 
just an interesting bit of little irony, huh? Um, in the moment, as I as I speak these words, have defiled the temple, right? They want to. It's a power thing, isn't it? Mostly, so much of it. To the conquering army has defiled the temple. The conquering powers that be in our world attempt to make us at least feel as though we're unfit for serving our holy and godly purpose in this world. But we can fight to reclaim that. We can fight to reclaim the sacred spaces, including ourselves. And the battle isn't just for possession. It doesn't end there. And it's notable in this reading that the rededication happens at a particular time and repeatedly. And so, again, as we're moving into a season of reflection and awaiting, let us with intentionality reclaim our sacredness the sacredness of our very selves and our sacred spaces and rededicate ourselves and our spaces to worship and communing with God and cooperating, you all know I love that word, and cooperating with God. And let us as the assembly of Israel in this reading do this with joy and gladness. Amen. I see our reading from Revelation which my commentator describes as part of the epilogue as an admonition to treasure up these words, to keep them. And to follow, and I would insert here, their intent. One of the things I didn't talk about with the Old Testament reading is, is how it said repeatedly that they did it as the law directs. And I think it's useful to have directions, right? But we don't always. And especially with instructions that we struggle to apply to our current context. I think that's the time when we need to ask God for interpretation and application. And sometimes it's an asking minute by minute, day by day, returning and reflecting. And so 
as confusing as revelation can be, and I say that meaning both the book of the Bible and the word revelation, as confusing and chaotic also as the times in which we live and the many inputs to all of our senses that we have. We can absolutely trust that God will give us the insight that we need to carry forth according to God's great will and purpose for us specifically here and now. And entering into that without specific step-by-step instructions can feel very frightening. But I hope that you find as I do a peace and trust in God that what we need to know in the moment will be given to us. And that the struggle through the chaos and the wilderness is worth it. That there is great blessing and insight and relationship with God to be gleaned from the collaborative struggle. Our New Testament reading I think here that little ones are all of those who have diminished stature in the world on earth. Everybody from children to minorities to any disenfranchised, all of the little ones, the naive, whatever you think of, whatever we in our culture make diminutive. These are the ones that are so treasured by God that we should not cast aside, overlook, silence, because God doesn't. And especially those that have been lost, that have turned away or slipped away or been pushed away, God seeks those, seeks us, and rejoices. And we should rejoice over those found. We should rejoice when we are found. We should rejoice when the pieces of us that we had lost are found. tell you, I don't really understand what's meant by whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And it's tempting to me to want to think that this is a formula. Get somebody else to agree with you 
And then the two of you together equal answered prayers in the way that you want. But I'm not sure that that's what that means here. I think in all likelihood it probably means that we should come together. That we should work together and listen together and pray together and talk together and process together and come to understanding together. And God is there in the gathering. I also believe with everything that I am that God is there with us when we are seemingly alone. And we talked earlier this week or last week about how we're not really ever alone. The great cloud of witnesses is always with us. This is true. All of these are true. This is in both and. And the instructions about what to do with a member of the church who's sinning against you. Again, tempting to take as a formula. And there's definitely I think kind of a prologue here. that we seek out ourselves first before we go and approach someone else about their sin. And it doesn't say sin that they're doing to somebody else or sin that they're doing to the church, just sins against you. And we go alone at first. And then with help. And then the greater community. This is progressive. And it doesn't say, I don't think. Even that more chances aren't offered. have to wrap this up and and go grab my son, but I think it's important before we apply this passage or any other's instruction to really seek out God's will. As we were talking about when we talked about Revelation, God's understanding that part of which is 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 given to us for the moment you know of course we can't have the understanding of God but God can definitely give us insight specific to our particulars 
I think this is a passage I'd like to do more research on. About what exactly it meant to treat, to, for someone to be to another as a Gentile and a tax collector. I know that those folks weren't very well thought of. We've talked about that already today, actually, when we talked about the Gentiles and Maccabees. But even those Gentiles and tax collectors were beloved by Jesus and given opportunity and are children of God. So perhaps it doesn't mean ostracized or cast out or despised. Perhaps it means loved and sought after. I think that's perhaps a good night to end on. Let's go ahead and close. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the life to come and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.